five last words from the crowd. Reflections for Good Friday by John Bell for Derby Cathedral. Read by Elizabeth Thompson. Four. Come down. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide what each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two thieves, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Ha! You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 15, from verse 22. Those who remember the 1960s might know the name of John Robinson. He wrote what was once called the best-known religious book of the 20th century. Robinson had been a Cambridge academic, who in 1959 went into pastoral ministry as Bishop of Woolwich, not perhaps the most salubrious of London boroughs. And in relating to people who did not live in Ivory Tower land, he realised that much of what he read and taught as a theologian had never affected any except the intelligentsia. There are still some priests and pastors who regard theology as a secret language for the privileged few. So Robinson wrote a number of books, including one which caused great controversy and made the front page of the Daily Express and other newspapers. It was called Honest to God. What he wrote was not new to him. He was letting the public know how theologians from the beginning of the 20th century had changed in their language and thinking for God, partly because of good biblical scholarship, and also because science, including space research, had confronted us with new truths about the universe. Among other things, he questioned the common supposition that, for convenience rather than out of conviction, some of us still held to a dated idea of where God was. We imagined that Earth was the midway point between hell below us and heaven above us. These sentences, which I first read as a teenager, both surprised and intrigued me. Whatever we may accept with the top of our minds, most of us still retain deep down the mental image of an old man in the sky. Of course it was natural that people then, as some doubtless do now, saw God as spatially upstairs. Hymns, especially childhood hymns, may have embedded that in us. Even the revered Jesus Loves Me has the line that he, his little child, will take up to heaven for his dear sake. For people who lived before Yuri Gagarin and John Glenn, the first men in space, 
it was natural to think of God geographically millions of miles above us. Thus Isaiah, at a time of despair, cries out to God, Why don't you tear apart the heavens and come down? We now recognise that as the language of metaphor. In the same way that when we talk about somebody in work being given a step up, it doesn't mean that they are being located in the floor above their present office. We use a metaphor of space to indicate improvement. But at the time of Jesus, heaven and God were, in the popular mind, way above the blue. However, it is not heaven that is being alluded to when people who are out for an afternoon stroll at Calvary taunt Jesus, demanding that he come down. They want him to physically descend from his cross. And they regard his inability to do this as proof that he was a fake, a deluded fool, a sham prophet who deserved to be strung up as an example to others. Jesus does not grant them their wish. He will not come down because he has already come down. He has left the majesty of heaven to be born not in the safety of a palace or a sanctuary, but in a stable. He has forsaken the adoration of angels in heaven to spend 30 years of his life living incognito as a tradesman, serving the needs of those in his community. He has forsaken the security of heaven to live at risk by engaging with and eating with and being touched by those deemed to be the lowest of the low. He had abandoned the liberating justice of heaven to become subject to the corrupt justice of earth, where lies were valued more than truth and rumour preferred to reality. And hours earlier, he had been humiliated. The word means brought to the ground. Humiliated by being stripped naked, spat on, derided, made to walk through jeering crowds. How much lower could he get? How much further down could he come? Now he is strung up as evidence of the depths to which human beings can stoop in order to damage, degrade and defile the best that heaven could ever offer. He is strung up, he who is sinless, as evidence of what sin does, whether that be pride, arrogance, envy, wrath, lust, gluttony, sloth, or the all-pervasive sin of apathy in the face of need. This is what sin does. It wounds. It kills. And Jesus will not come down. Because somewhere in the course of time, as long as human beings live on earth, there has to be a moment and a sign which shows how low we can sink. The justice of God is not the annihilation of all who have demeaned Jesus. God's justice lets him hang battered on the cross to bring men and women, whenever they look at him, 
to come to a point of penitence through which they might experience the forgiveness and love of God. And if penitence is beyond our understanding, let the witness of a child help us. Her name was Marie. She was seven. She lived in East Kilbride. In the 1980s, Marie, who was born blind, was temporarily enabled to see. A film made of the few months when she was sighted showed her how her mother and father took her into the Roman Catholic Church, which she had attended all her life. They came to the altar rail. And when she looked above the altar, she saw, for the first time, the crucifix. And in disbelief, she said, is that what they did to Jesus? Today, in penitence, as he hangs on the cross, we ask ourselves, is this what we still do to Jesus? Let us pray. Saviour of the world, who by your cross and precious blood has redeemed us, save us and help us. We humbly beseech you, O Lord. Do not come down from the cross, Jesus. Not until other hands are able to hold you. We do not need proof of your miraculous power. We need to see the depth of your unfathomable love. We need to own our sin and that of the world. Otherwise, how can we be forgiven? Amen.